The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild course language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. <laughs> World was life. It's free, you know. I travelled through time. Totally. Totally. That's sexual. Happy mates. Put you on a lazy Susan. It's a fault fact. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor. Let's get guns. <laughs> now this is Tofop. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. You know what I uh, heard uh, when I was listening to the latest episode we recorded? Oh, okay. You were listening back to the yes, episode? Yes. It was a lot of squeaking. And I th- oh, from these chairs. Yeah. Well, I thought, yeah. It, might, I thought it might have been I was the, my hand on the mic, but then just then I realized it's your Chesterfields. <laughs> my leather chairs that so I got in hard rubbish. Yeah. It's hard rubbish. Oh, my here. God. It's hard rubbish. It's hard rubbish in my area so at the moment. when I drove in. Oh, I've been. You, know, in- you may have noticed that the pod cave's a lot cleaner than it was last time you were here. <laughs> That's because it's hard rubbish yeah, right. in my area right now. <laughs> you know, in New South Wales, they don't call it hard rubbish. What do they call it? Because I only found this out on when I was doing Home and Away. There was an episode where they were talking about council cleanup, and I was like, "Council cleanup? Can we just abbreviate it to hard rubbish?" And all the people from New South Wales just look at, looked at me crazy. I was like, "You don't call it hard rubbish?" And like, hard no. rubbish. Well, the other one's soft rubbish. Like, I was like, yeah, I never thought about no, that. No, quite dumb. No, it it's not. Their one is dumb. Hard Rubbish is fucking cool. I would go and see a movie called Hard Rubbish. Yeah. Liam Neeson is Hard Rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's the difference between- He's a garbage man with a certain set of skills. <laughs> it's the difference between Coca-Cola and, like, cola-flavored drink. Right. Like, one is descriptive. The other one is a brand. Yeah, council. What is it? Council cleaner. Council That's cleaner. your home brand. Yeah. That's your- Yeah, you've gone- Yeah. Like, can I just get the cheap one? Just get the- Council cleanup. Yeah, when you go to when you go to uh, 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 Aldi's, right? Oh yeah, they have council cleanup with yeah. a K, <laughs> both with a K because it's Aldi. I'm surprised though, and I thought the name hard rubbish kind of it sums it up. It's rubbish that you couldn't put in your bin, right? Because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it's, if that's clear. it's hard to put in your bin. It's hard to throw out in any other way. That's yeah. why it's hard. It's not actually hard in texture. It's hard. It's difficult rubbish, in really. The, in the country, they... that sounds like a Paul Sel- Kelly song, doesn't what? it? Difficult rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you've given up. <laughs> in the country, do you, do you guys? These are is, you wouldn't do like council cleanups, hard rubbish collections, would you? Because you, you're on farms and you just put it in the shed. That's what we well, can't put everything in the, in the shed, mate. Like. We were farmers, not hoarders. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the shed wasn't just but, full of but shit. Did you, do you ever remember putting- Put it in the shed. Putting stuff out in the street or was there a tip or something? Oh, I meant the, the tip, yeah. No, when you're in the country, you just go to the tip. We yeah. would have trips to the tip. We used to go to the tip a lot. Tip trips. That seemed to be more- It was fun. It was like a family outing. Is that because it was Everyone more of a to the thing tip. back in the 80s? Because my family was the same. Like we, I used to love going to the tip. I got an awesome BMX scooter from the tip once. But it seems to be less of a thing to do now. Like I've- had to go to Jason t- Day, the Australian golfer who just won the USPGA, one of the majors, uh, he got his first golf club from the tip. Did he really? Yeah, that's part of the story. Oh, that's, that, that's, that's a great scene in the movie of his life. Oh, mate. And now they can make one because he won a US major and he's got vertigo. So, like, he in, he was leading another tournament and he, like, fucked up because he's just, like, sometimes he just, like, gets really scared of heights even though he's just on a golf green. <laughs> he's like, a flag, it must be the top of a building. Oh, how deep is that hole? <laughs> I love that BG song. How deep is your hole? How deep is your hole deep? <laughs> that was their first draft. <laughs> Go- uh, guys, no. guys, we love staying alive, but uh, how deep is your hole? We're worried it may be misinterpreted by people. That was the job of the third brother. The third brother was like, the first two guys were so good at creating songs and singing melodies and <laughs> harmonies and shit. But the third guy was the one who was like, hey, uh, what about staying alive instead of stabbing to death? <laughs> They would just come in with these really horrible ideas. <laughs> how deep is your hole? It's about a really deep vagina. How about how deep is your love? Have you ever seen, there's a classic Will Ferrell sketch from Saturday Night Live where he plays Neil Diamond. And it's Neil Diamond, like, in, you know, like an unplugged kind of session. And he will 
talk, he'll introduce his new song and then he'll describe how the inspiration and as it goes on, the inspirations get more and more twisted. Like, <laughs> I wrote this song after I killed a man. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. <Yeah. laughs> I, um, speaking of uh, the hard rubbish night uh, and these squeaky chairs, I am thinking of getting some uh, microphone stands. That was, I thought, oh. I myself had thought of this problem right. and I thought I'll get some microphone stands. We put the microphones in the stands, then we can just like squeak away. Your boy's got you covered. In fact, I actually forgot I was going to bring two microphone stands around tonight. Because I bought two for my podcast, but I've got nowhere to put them. <laughs> my apartment's too small, so um, they were going to go out in hard rubbish. Yeah, I'll bring uh, I'll bring I'll bring the mic stands because we did that at your flat in LA, and I quite liked that. It felt actually like a real thing. <laughs> no, I I use the mic stands all the time when I do faux fop in LA, like, and I like it as well. You put the mic in the stand, and then you can just concentrate on. Like, you started a new relationship. You had to bring toys into it. You know, it wasn't good enough just the two of you together. Well, here's the thing, Charlie. It just no to use the sexual analogy. It just frees up my other hands, <laughs> right? And there's some other things I need to do during this podcast with my other hands. I need to drink. Yep. Sometimes I need when I'm in a legal place to consume medicine to consume medicine. Uh, clean dog shit. I need to clean dog shit off of me. Um, I need to Google things. <laughs> like quite often, I need to look up Wikipedia, and that involves at least one of my hands. So, so I need those hands free. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We should do this on Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> Could you do that? I'm just that the two of us on just Bluetooth. You got me thinking about. We could just do it as we walked around. Neural implants. We'll just communicate by thought. Yeah, but that's not much great for a podcast. Like we get it, but all they'd hear is us laughing. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think that one. Through. Yeah, no, you're not in charge of ideas. <laughs> oh, speaking of terrible ideas, did you say somebody contacted us about being a courtroom artist at the yes. LA Podcast Festival? Yeah, that's very exciting. I actually put the call out on Facebook. And uh, I was amazed that no one got back to me, <laughs> not one person. I've got a lot of friends who live in LA. I think that they might have thought I was joking, as in, hey, guys, like, I need a courtroom artist. Like, oh, that Charlie. Always- I can't imagine why anyone would think you were joking when you said, hey, I'm flying to Los Angeles <laughs> to do a podcast, which is something that people download off the internet for free. And what I'd like to do is make that excursion more expensive by hiring a courtroom artist for reasons I can't even remember or explain. You're right. <laughs> there is precedent. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's like, um, you know, but it's in the mix again now, right? Yes. I mean, we need to talk to that person, I guess, and see how much they're going to charge us to do well, courtroom. I couldn't be more than a stenographer. They're not a professional courtroom artist, but they have done courtroom artistry. Well, the other thing that was... Which is enough for us, I well, think. It was difficult. I actually, because I spent, you know, an evening Googling like courtroom artists trying to get contact details. And the only ones that came up were like these top of the line, you know, they'd done the work on like really big famous court cases. And I'm like, I, I don't think I can, I just don't think I can email them and, and try and pitch this. Hey, I, I have a podcast. Them. What's a podcast? You know what? I'll, I'll get someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be great though, if one of those people was just a massive fan of podcasts and heard about it and was like, you know what? I did OJ's case and well, I'm happy like to do you guys too. It's like a John Grisham novel where we go to an estate of a retired courtroom artist. Oh yeah. And they had done some big cases and, and they turned they us were down. retired. They turn us down initially right. because they're retired. Yeah. And then they watch the news one day and they see some like campaign against like Tofop performing in LA and just when we think all hope is lost, the doors open. It's like, gentlemen, I would like to take on your case. <laughs> we could who would play that? Would be like a uh, Albert Finney or someone. All right. No, it'd have to be someone we we could get from the comedy community. Like, because imagine we are going to make this, but there's somebody in comedy who that could be their like kind of serious sort of breakthrough, like a Robin yeah, Williams yeah. style. Yeah, like so. Role. I mean, Zach Galifianakis is eventually going to do drama. I'm sure. Well, he's done some Why drama already. Okay. Yeah. So Galifianakis, we might not be able to get him. He's too but- young. He needs to be like an elderly statesman, like a guy who won a lot of cases. Rod Quantock. <laughs> I think we could get Rob Quantock. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He like tidies up the beard. You know, he plays a bit more like a, you know, plays it a bit more straight. People need that from Rod. Like he's a serious guy, but he talks about serious issues in a comical way. This gives him an opportunity to discuss serious serious issues. You're talking about Captain Snooze, right? 
Well, I mean, yes, he was Captain Snooze, but he's done a lot of other things. Like, you don't define him by Snooze. I yeah. had an argument with a. I had an argument today. I was in a grumpy mood all day. I had one of those days where just a lot of things, minor things went wrong, but it was like a procession of minor things that went wrong. And just by the end of the day, you're like, this, this just wasn't a good day, right? So I've been doing a series of interviews. Most of them have gone fine. Uh, but the last one of the day was a woman from AAP. And she, at the very last moment, it was meant to be another journalist who probably would have prepared for the interview, but she did it last moment. So I cut her some slack. I'm not really here to have a go at her. I'm just here to say, this went wrong really um so at the start she's just she's asking me shit that i tweeted today like that's the starting point in the interview and i'm like you have not done a lot of research (laughs) (laughs) like she literally asked me about some things i retweeted so (laughs) so will you had uh porridge this morning hashtag yummy (laughs) hashtag nom 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 (laughs) so can you talk us through what hashtag nom 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 means to you yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then she asked me about this tweet where I had like, um, I had said that um, the tweet was uh, instead of uh, putting tweets on your TV show, how about just making something that is interesting enough that people don't have to read something else while it's on? Yeah. Which some people, well, which was kind of a tweet in relation to Q and A because it had had uh, the tweets banned because of a, a tweet about uh, our prime minister, uh, and. Um, but it was actually a conversation I had right at the, at the start of doing Gruen where they'd asked us to put tweets on the screen and my attitude was, let's just have a crack first at making something that's interesting enough that people don't have to read it. So then she asked me about that and then she asked me about kind of like how it must be good to be back on television and like, you know, and I was kind of talking about Gruen being a side project and that's why it's so great. It's everybody's second job. And she's like, well, not really yours. And I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, what's your, what do you consider your first job? Oh, and then, wow. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, Charlie. Now, you know what? If it had been a good day and it wasn't late in the day, I probably would have just let, let it go it by. But I did not let it. I did not let it yeah. go by. I could just see Oh, man. Batter up. <laughs> and I was torn so much in between. Well, she, And then because she was like, well, you know, because millions of people watch that and they won't watch your other things. And I'm, then I'm like, then I don't want to be the guy who's like adding together all the other things that I do mm. to like, but Proof. at the same time, I'm like, you know, half a million people follow me on Twitter. You read my Twitter today. <laughs> you you talked to me about what I retweeted. <laughs> <laughs> it just got really fucking weird and awkward. I did not enjoy it. Wow, that sounds yeah. horrendous. Yeah, it was. Um, it just got me thinking, though. Should we do a letters section on this show? What do you mean? Like, you know, we just ask people to email anything in, a question or whatever, and then we just read it. I mean, we, of- we sometimes do that anyway, we which that, is like, you know, we suggest... Episodes. Yeah, so we make it a regular segment. Well, I mean, I, I'm happy for people to... I mean, it does mean that you have to monitor that, though. Yeah. Like, you know, we have to actually so see when people ask us. Why they boo Adam Goods. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes we do talk about things. I had somebody contact me about the Adam Goods thing and say, hey, we're looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say about Adam Goods. And so we did talk about it. But So did you see uh, someone tweeted <laughs> they went up to Charlie in Bondi? I love this. <laughs> talk people through this. Like, so. Uh, well, I just should read the tweet. Yeah, read the tweet out. Yeah, okay. See, see, this is why we need mic stands because it would be so much easier for you to find your phone right now, uh, which you can't seem to find. I love that you're checking secret pockets now. You've seen, oh, there we go. Look at that inside pocket. If anyone wants to mug Charlie, inside left Don't pocket. Don't tell them where my secret pocket That's is. That's where he keeps it, inside left pocket. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this was on uh, Twitter? This was on Twitter. And somebody tweeted this on Twitter. This is me padding, so I don't have to edit. <clears throat> Introduced myself to Charlie Clawson in Bondi today. He said, what's a TOEFOP and you're saying awesome wrong? <laughs> Might not have been Charlie. <laughs> uh, now, can you confirm or deny? Was it you? It was definitely not me. I didn't leave my apartment. That'd be a weird negging game that you were playing, though, if you were like, <laughs> who's this Charlie? What's a TOEFOP? What I love, and this was, I don't know what your real name is. I have no logo I have no log on name. I have no log on name. Oh, that's a handle? I have no log I have name. no log on name. That's very clever. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's beautiful about this is the way, like, you know when you see someone that you recognize that you'd like to go up and go say hello to, sh- this person, he or she, went in very strong. Oh, like yeah. Like a very inside <laughs> joke. Oh, like, yeah, not home and away. Yeah. I mean, I met Lenny Hayes. I didn't go up and say, geez, round eight. 2007, what a year you had. That was like 35. Like, I didn't go that direct and sound a bit like a, a, a weirdo. I can't, you just sort of keep it general. But 
I have no logon name. Kudos to you for your bold opening. <laughs> if it had been me, I would have high fived you. I actually love it. I love it when people come up. When when teabaggers come up, it's always a very special moment because I don't often meet them. I don't often get. I get a lot of kind of people out in the from, wild. Out in the wild. Yeah. At, when we have events and stuff. Right. But when someone says, "Oh, big fan of Tofup," I'm like, "Yes, that's good." It actually makes me feel like. Because we don't advertise this show. We don't do any kind of promotion. We just do it for the audience. And then to actually have someone feel so they like it so much they come up and want to say hello. It's actually, it makes me feel really good. Did I tell you about the guy at Customs? I can't remember if I've no. told you about this. Oh, so I'm leaving Australia and like, so I'm going through Customs. Like, you know, you're trying to be pretty serious when you're going through Customs because, you know, um, it's a very serious thing to go through. And then the guy reveals that he listens to Tofu off and I'm like, are you going to let me through here? Do I have now a yeah. special, do I now have a special search on my bag? Yeah. Are you sending the dogs to my luggage right now? Like, how does this work red flag yeah but he was yeah so that was kind of that was the most unusual place i've, I've met someone i reckon who listens to the podcast well i i told you this story but it's probably worth repeating about the uber driver oh, yeah. i had while you're away and uh i get into this uber and the guy recognizes my voice and then he's like oh you're from tofop and i'm like yeah and he was really into it you know and so he was just it was kind of cool. He's referencing like, you know, old episodes and stuff. And so, you deep know, was, cuts. Yeah. So I was giving him some deeper cuts, sort of, you know, elaborating on stories and stuff. And uh, we finally got to my destination. And before I jumped out, he's like, man, could I grab a photo? And I was like, yeah, cool. Let's grab a photo. And yeah. we flipped the you get camera. out your 10 by 8s that you carry with <laughs> yeah. you at all times. Me, you and Ramona and Junior. Yeah. <laughs> family photos. <laughs> in that family photo style, we went to the, one of those places where they yeah, dress you up in all in mall. white. Yeah. And like... Wearing Cosby sweaters. <laughs> well, maybe not Cosby sweaters. You're going to have to rename those sweaters, right? Do you think the Hilltop Hoods are like, damn it, a six-month release window really gave that song a different meaning? I mean, it really is crazy, isn't it? Like, I mean, I, I have on my desk, I found when I was cleaning up for Hard Rubbish Night, uh, like a box full of old tapes, cassette tapes, mm. and one of them is the best of Bill Cosby. And it was a weird moment where I was like, do I keep this? Yeah. Like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Like, you know, and I kept it because you know what? It's not the best of Bill Cosby we had a problem with. It was the worst of Bill ah, Cosby. You know what nice. I mean? And now we know, I want to remember the best of Bill Cosby. Yeah. The worst of Bill Cosby. That's terrible. Isn't that, that's the worst. I mean, for me, I don't know what the equivalent would be in your industry. Do you have like a, like, for me, like not Cosby was wasn't my Cosby wasn't my biggest hero, but he was one of the heroes of my industry. Like, and for someone that big who had sailed so high in the chosen profession that I have, to like you know be such a terrible person, like is there equivalent oh, yeah. in like I think like Mel Gibson, you know, like but Mel Gibson isn't this century's most successful serial rapist. Like, Mel Gibson didn't like some Jewish people and, like, you know, we well, got I a bit drunk I mean, and stuff. I think but- it's equivalent in the way that there's a guy who, you know, professionally is right. fucking is so gifted and can do anything and made so many great films and stuff as a director, as an actor, but just seems like a, a kind of unpleasant person, you right. know? I mean, sure, he didn't uh, drug and rape over 40 women. Is it over 40? It will be. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but it is the same sense of, like... Ugh. I mean, how do you view a Mel Gibson film now? Do you, like, you can't help but watch The Passion of the Christ and go, gee, the, the way he portrays the Jewish people in this is really unflattering and the homosexuals don't get much of a good run either. And I mean, even at the time, that was pretty disturbing. But, like, the one for me is, like, the Lethal Weapon movies because they are just full of the most homophobic, like... And that's like, not him as much as it's Shane Black and cocaine, right? Oh, no, <laughs> right. I, I the 80s. No, but I understand that. But what I'm saying is you can't enjoy those lines coming out of Mel Gibson's mouth anymore. Mm. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's true. Or an OJ Simpson. Like, I mean, fucking, like, police, uh, uh, what are they called? The Naked Gun films. Yeah. Like, it is weird watching a clown that you know, like, you know, he's the John, uh, he's the John Wayne Gacy of right. fucking, like, the Naked Gun world. What, who is the equivalent of OJ Simpson now? Like, is that like, Lebr- like, is that like LeBron James was in Trainwreck with Amy Schumer? Is that the kind of, like, equivalent? Uh, or is there, no, like, a he, better. He, he transitioned more. You need to find an athlete who's more integrated into, you know, like... Like OJ, you mean? Like OJ transition more? Yeah. So, oh, The Rock. OJ, is it The Rock? Yeah, The Rock would be a good equivalent. I mean, The Rock's bigger than OJ ever was, yeah. though, right? But the OJ was pretty big, right? I think if there's another, like, athlete who's still working as an actor. 
it was kind of big in America. Do you remember, like, in the 90s, there was a couple of footballers who transitioned from professional NFL football to acting. There's one right. guy called Brian Bosworth. Right. And he was, like, he, I think that was late 80s. He was, like, the Andre Agassi of uh, the NFL. Like, he had, like, you know, a mohawk and an earring and stuff. And they um, they called him the Boz. Like, that's how he's marketed. And I think he left football quite soon after, and they tried to make him an action hero. But they're just those most horrendous kind of 80s knockoff films where he rides, like, a motorbike with a leather vest and no T-shirt on underneath and... Just terrible. That's a great idea, though. We should we should have done more of that in what? Australia. Like, uh, imagine footballers going into acting. Yeah, into, like imagine the Lethal Weapon movies if uh, Mel Gibson's part was played by Lethal Lee Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I remember Dipper playing a, a truck driver on the Flying Doctors. Flying Doctors. I remember that. Wasn't there a fight? Wasn't yeah. he in a fight? And Dermot Burton was on fucking Stingers That's as true. like a heavy, like like you know, fired a gun and shit like that. <laughs> It seems so ridiculous to say, but it's true. Who who would you cast out of the modern day AFL players if you were going to like make a movie? Who's the the immediate As an actor? <coughs> Who's a presence? Lance Franklin, well, buddy. Uh, nah, like uh, Aaron Sanderlands, Lurch. Like if you did a, if you did like a horror. Oh, movie. like when Ian Roberts, the oh yeah, the gay rugby league player. Not that he that, that's necessary. Only because people famously know that he was one of the first most high-profile out sports people in Australia, Ian Roberts. Like, he went to NIDA, didn't he? Yeah. And, like... He's played a heavy in heaps of Hollywood yeah, films. Yeah, and that's kind of his go-to role, basically, yeah. isn't it? He, was like, in, he did an episode of Blue Healers that I was in. He playing? is an what did he play? enormous man. Playing, a, like, a hitman. A heavy? heavy. <laughs> but he's... Have you seen him in person? Like, he's, oh, I've met him a couple of times. He's, he's a enormous, delightful guy. But he's enormous. Like, Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I think... It, was he the brick with eyes? Is mm. that Was that his name in no, Rugby no, League? Or is that Lazarus. another person? I think that's Glenn Lazarus. Maybe. Okay. But let's not talk about NRL. We'll just totally get flamed. Not only are we talking about football in Australia, which a lot of people don't enjoy anyway, but we're now we're talking about something we you don't actually know. You always say that. Is that, is that um, measurable? Do people not like when, I've never heard anyone say too much AFL talk. I watch the minute by minutes. And <laughs> What's that? Do you know minute by minutes? No. Oh, it's like you can, in TV ratings and radio ratings, you can actually break them down to... Like, you can literally minute by minute. So, on all these breakfast shows and whatever, the reason they're constantly doing things and going to another thing is whatever, they will track through a morning that when they went to this, people turned off. And right. when they did this, people turned off. So, it was a joke at the fact that I would be getting minute to minute data on this podcast and <laughs> going to the effort of evaluating it for topic selection. But do you assume <laughs> that no one cares about... I mean, look, I just think that when we talk about football specifically... Yeah. That... There are some people who, like, obviously just don't enjoy football or don't understand what we're talking about. But are you assuming? That- I mean, I, th- I think it's a mixture. I think most of my opinions... Don't apologise for what you love, Will, is what I'm trying to say. No, I, and I don't apologise for it. I just contextualise it. I contextualise what I love. <laughs> I don't apologise for it. <laughs> I might occasionally roll my eyes in support of the other person. Like, look, I'm on her side, but yeah. I, I know what... I can see your point also. No, I, I mean, I love talking about footy, obviously. We've talked about doing a podcast that is specifically us talking about football. So, yeah. like, I mean, most of the off-air conversations, because they're the only topics that I feel like we won't talk about on-air, are about <laughs> football. <laughs> it is a bit like that. It is a bit like that. I was thinking um, uh, we may have to, ha- like, go, for, like, have a week's break just to build up some conversation before we come back and do another one. I mean, certainly when it's like, I want not that we need big topics to talk about, but certainly when you're so busy working that, like, you know, I mean, I, yeah, a lot of time that I've been, you know, what I've been doing just the last week or so is being in an office. Although I did go to Brisbane for the, the live dollop uh, up there. That was uh, really great fun. I really enjoyed that. Did you, and, you appeared on a date? Yeah, so we did a live dollop at uh, 7 o'clock and... Um, Dave told the story, you know, maybe know this story about the guys who escaped from prison and, um, you know, ate each other one by one. There's like a famous song. I reckon the Weddings Party's Anything did a song. Oh, it's there an Australian. Was a, yeah, it's like a, it the happened. Don- not the, Don- no, I was going to say Donna Party. That's not an Australian. <laughs> it happened in, um, no, it happened in like Tasmania from what yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, they made, and a, they're fil- prisoners. They made a film about it. Yeah, they made a film it. about Van it. Van Land. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John after here is a friend of Gemma's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. you know the story, right? Yes. So, that was what our dollop was about. 
So, like, I kind of knew what was going on, but obviously we were getting a lot more detail about what was going on. And um, so that was really good fun. And then we had a stand-up show afterwards up there in Brisbane. So that was good fun. So you went from dollop to stand-up. Yeah. So I think, like, some of the audience were at both and some were, like, different audience for the second show. But Oh, right, right. So how how do you you save your bullets? What do you mean? Well, I guess you wouldn't because your act is your act and that's just there. Yeah. And then for dollop. I don't have a lot of my act that I can adapt to a story about cannibals (laughs) eating themselves in Van Dreamer's land. No, but then- Like, funnily enough, this reminds me of a time I was in Sunnyvale, California with no pants on. All right. But, all right. If I imagine if I'm putting myself in the mind of the comedian, okay, do it, and just closing I like my it. eyes, I'm saying like uh, uh, headlines and and you know a, a bear and a tricycle going around a tree. Uh-huh. It's the mind of a comedian. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so far, so good. <laughs> you have an arsenal of car uh, arsenal. You have an arsenal of jokes that are planned out that you have got from all the acts you've done up until the act that you're currently performing, right? Okay, sure. So they're your like reflex action, go to, someone says, uh, Julie Bishop, bang, you know, you got that one there. Okay, sure. So if you were doing a stand-up show after the dollop, right, and something comes up in the course of the dollop and the perfect tag is a joke that you've got but you're going to do it in your set and it's important to your set, do you hold fire or do you go for it? Oh, that's a good point. Okay, that's a good question. I have not confronted that, and I can't imagine that actual scenario arising. But if it did... <laughs> you idiot. We award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That was uh, the most gentle way of being told I'm an idiot. That's a really good question. Um, there's no way in the world it could possibly ever happen, but it's a really, really good question. Um, fascinating, but- fascinating premise. Um, you know, if you are me- mentally retarded, uh, but excellent question. <laughs> so go on, you passive aggressive fuck. No, okay, I will answer it in the hypothetical manner in yes. which it was posed, which is this. Um, if I were in that scenario, it would it, it would be rare that what is in my act would intersect with an episode of the dollop, you know. So I wouldn't ever go into that situation thinking I would ever use any of my act in the dollop. You kind of roll in the dollop. I, I always describe it as like being a wrestling commentator, right? Dave's the wrestlers. And like Gareth is like the commentator who's like, I can't believe this. Yeah, this is not really happening. And then you riff on that idea of what is happening, right? So you're just the extra commentator. So basically your job is just to like whenever it stops. I tell you what, mean Gene, I didn't think that. (laughs) I can't believe this is happening. But yeah, but that's basically what your job is. So you would never really think that there would be anything in there that isn't just, it's essentially a giant improv game. Yeah, you're yes-ending every idea and just kind of like riffing off the end of like the setups and you don't know what's coming. So I can't imagine normally in that situation, like the idea of trying to have to wedge something from my pre-existing act into that moment. Sometimes you will remember like a thing, like something that maybe will go into the act, although now that I will tell it on here, it's probably less likely to. But um, there was when I was doing the live one in Sydney, uh, we were talking. It was about uh, priests who had done the wrong thing to kids. Just one beat of it, and I was telling the story that I'd heard this guy interviewed on Melbourne radio because you know in Melbourne they were burning down the churches. There was a vigilante who was oh, yeah. burning down the churches. Burnt down my church. Yeah, burnt down your church because you had a pedophile priest at yep. your church, and so all the churches that had been burnt down were all churches that had had pedophile priests in them. So the the supposition was that it was associated with that and that they were the churches so this guy is being interviewed like from the church like he's the spokesperson from the church so he's trying to give it a bit of like the interviewer saying well do you think this is a vigilante targeting these you know specific things and he's like no 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 no. it could just be a coincidence and he's trying to like hose down that rumor and then the interviewer says to, to him something along the lines of well just for the for safety's sake if it is someone who is doing that can you tell us what other churches that you know that have had pedophile priests that they they might be targeting next. And this guy, I'm sure, didn't mean to say this because he's the PR guy from the churches. But he just goes, oh, that could be any of them. Yes, that's what you just said on radio. The guy who's burning down churches that have pedophiles in them, that could be any of them. (laughs) 
yeah, you, you should not be in charge of PR for the church, holy dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Literally, holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> that could be any of them. I just... What was he thinking? Like, oh man, I know it probably wasn't what he meant. Yeah, but the way it came out, it could not have. <laughs> like, so will you launch a thorough investigation? Oh yes, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we definitely will. But it'll take time though, because there's a lot of pedophiles in the organisation. Right. Pretty much rampant through the organization. Yeah. And, like uh, at least one in every church <laughs> over the last 50 years. We have spread them around. That's what we did. We just moved them to another place. So they've seen a lot of the country. It's, These uh, are well-traveled pedophiles. It's kind of weird, man. Like the Catholic church is at a weird tipping point. I went to, I've been to mass a couple of times in the last couple of years. And it's pretty old still. I saw, you know, uh, Jared McCulloch, the comedian? Yeah, of course. So I went uh, with mum. Gemma and I took her to Christmas Mass last year or maybe the year before. And, they should uh, just rebrand that Christmas. <laughs> Do you mean? Extra ass make it groovy for the kids. Um, and it was. I was struck, A, by just how old it was. Like when I was younger, there seemed to be more like families and kids and stuff going to church. But yeah. it was pretty old. Yeah, um, that's those same people. But, They're old now. Yeah. Exactly. That's how, it, like, I mean, it's not getting as many hip new people in, so it's just those same people. Those young hip families you saw when you were a chick kid are now those older people who are there because you're not a kid anymore. <laughs> and so um, we're going to the car park and Jared stops me. He's like, oh, hey. And he's like, oh, you come to this church? I said, no, this is no, my mum's. I just uh, sell Body of Christ in the car park. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you guys want some Body of Christ? <laughs> and I, said to, I said to Jared, oh, do you guys live locally? And he's like, no, oh, no, no, but Father, whatever his name is, He's the cool priest. And like, what do you mean? He's gone, oh, he's the kind of like left-leaning, he'll give you the real dirt right. kind of priest. So he's gone, it's worth traveling across town. To hear his See your show. <laughs> he's like the Daniel Kitson of priests. Yeah, totally. Does, doesn't even play Sundays. Yeah. Does Wednesday and Thursday nights at midnight. That's when you catch his mass. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Al it's almost anti-religion. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of religion he does. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he get, takes some stuff from the Bible, but he's got his own truths in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just a bizarre kind of... Like it was my memory of church and go, like the church used to be kind of sacred, not uh, you know like um, sacred in the sense that like that was the, the 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 community I grew up in. That was kind of where everyone would go. You'd see everyone there on sure. a Sunday. So and the same same for when I grew up. Even though my dad's not religious, because my nana is really religious, and because my mum, I think has become even increasingly more religious as an adult. Not in a like judgy religious way but in a believes in God and posts about it on Facebook sort of way mm. like we had some of that and we certainly were going to church most Sundays and all the major you know church dates yeah but all the biggies all the yeah Easter Christmas, Christmas anywhere you're going to get gifts or chocolate anywhere you can <laughs> sing yeah. I mean they didn't mean like you know like for me because I was a fat kid too you got to remember so like Sunday after church like all like they would have like you know you know tea and coffee and like cakes and biscuits and stuff and then for an hour i could just like eat as many slice and cake and biscuits oh, as really? i wanted i didn't get i didn't i was quite that. into the church i didn't have that we didn't have like the sunday afternoon kind of yeah they're anglicans anglicans it's mostly about cake friday night though would be fish and street sauce and cake fish and chip night because, oh, because you of the have fish meat on friday, on friday. Yeah. yeah and so that was kind of a cool thing yeah I, that's good they need more of those that's what you're like probably pie night. shrove tuesday <laughs> right the church needs more pie nights Get Billy Brownless to come down, tell a few stories, but don't drink a few foffies. <laughs> but don't you think that like the church has always been much more successful in its blockbuster matches? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the you know Weddings. Like Christmas, benedictions, weddings, christenings. Yeah. Like they're events that even get people who aren't you like every week. Like to use the footy analogy, Port Adelaide. There's, there's the people who buy their memberships and they go every week, yeah. right? But then there's some people who's like, well, I'll buy the membership, but I really don't go to the games and then they take a passing interest when it's on the tally. But you know what? When they're playing Anzac Day or like yeah, if, they, yeah. if they make a final, then I'll be there. Yeah. Well, that's what your kind of Christmas and Easter and christenings Christian is. Like, you know, we've got the membership. We say we're Catholics. When we fill in the census, we put it on the form, but we're really only going for the big events, right? We're not there for yeah. through the hard times. Well, right? I think that's what the majority of it is now. Right. I think that the... But that's uh, what I mean. The church has to work with that. Yeah. So rather than work against that, just more stuff. Do more you know big I mean? events. More big events. Well, they have a rock and roll pope. 
Yeah, but that's what I mean. This could be a thing that he does. He should start like putting more big blossom. You know, like yeah. every team in the AFL has something now, yeah. and it's heritage round or it's indigenous round. That's yeah. what the Pope should be all about. Yeah, yeah. spread so out the. You know yeah. what? Spread- indigenous Sunday. Uh, multicultural Sunday, w- Women's Sunday. That Women's would be Sunday. Wouldn't that be interesting? It's good though. It, it raises the profile yeah. of women in the church. You know, celebrate women priests. Yeah. Maybe in a minor round first, like uh, you know, but like before the main guys. But eventually work up. So I mean, I think I wonder that like there, it's when you think about the limitations on women in the Catholic Church in terms of like how far they can rise up the political chain uh-huh. in the Vatican. It is. It actually. If you're going to take your organization forward, you're going to progress, it would be insane for you not to have input from the other 50% of the population, if you know what I mean. Literally 50% of the population. If you're tra- if you're- in Australia, more. If there there is- are more women in Australia than there are men, and more All women right. and more women graduate university than graduate than men do, I no, think, think is now the start. Right? So- it, why would not we tap into yeah. this wonderful resource well, that we have? Especially if the thing that you're selling, like religion, it, it, they're selling it to men and women. Right, it's for so the whole why family. why you make it inclusive from the top down? Well, also, it's kind of terrible for women. Has anyone like, spoken you know, to like the it's so good for men, business model? Are we the so, first people to kind of realise this? They're like, no, but the men are like, what, what if we, a product... Let's see if, like... You, men and women brought, bought a potato each, yeah. right? But, like, the potato for a man made his life heaps more awesome. Yeah. But the potato poisoned the woman. Yeah. <laughs> like... The, fact that the first half of the potato was okay for the woman, but then the second right. bit was just filled with, like, bitterness. Right. <laughs> horrible. But then she became addicted to the potato. Yeah. So what if you and I, we'll, we'll, go to your, your, we'll go to your management, we'll go to Kev. Sure. And we'll say, Kev, get us a meeting with the Vatican. <laughs> he, he would love the challenge. <laughs> get us a meeting with the Vatican. We just you wanna, know what? He's, we ca- wanna, he's we, Catholic too. They're good Catholic stock, Kevin, yeah. my manager. So I, 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 went to he, a, I went to a Jesuit school. He'd know a guy. We want a meeting. He would know a guy who could at least get us in the room. We want, it, we want a pitch meeting. Yeah. We want to come in with some fresh ideas. And it'll be the kind of meeting where we'll meet them. And we'll come in like dressed like, you know, jeans and baseball caps and stuff. And we'll put our food on the desk and stuff. I love the, here's what I love, by the way. like on a 90s slang, like, just, what's up? Just before you get to that, yeah. I love that your example of like what these cool young hip guys would be. You're like, there will be in jeans and baseball caps. Look, at, we're in jeans and baseball caps. <laughs> you fucking idiot. That's literally what we're wearing now. That's, I know, but that's cool, right? Okay, so we we're go young in. and hip and we're fresh. Yeah, okay. So, we're so we fresh. go in, we put our feet on the desk and we're like, What's up? Because, you know, we use 90s catchphrases <laughs> to like, say, oh, how cool, young how cool we are. <laughs> and we, and we What's say, up? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this is, place is really cool. Not. <laughs> it would be broke. All right. Yeah. We go in and we, we both love the devil. <laughs> Not. <laughs> so we pitch ourselves to them and we say, guys, yeah. you want to reach men and women. Right. Get some chicks in the organization. Be more popular. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And okay. that's a great game show. Be more popular. Be more popular. <laughs> this is one of our ideas. Yeah. We've got a whole bunch of ideas. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, yeah. Instead of the bachelor, the popular. The, <laughs> the popular. The popular. The popular. <laughs> but it could be women vying to for the first like uh, fully sanctioned priesthood. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. The popular. Yeah, the popular. That doesn't make any sense. We need a new name. Okay. (laughs) The woman who wants to be a priest. (laughs) Let's go back to the podcast. (laughs) You know what? We'll, that'll be the second line. Yeah. So we'll call it the popular. Okay. And then your line will be the woman who it's, wants to be a priest. That's kind of the... As ca- an explainer. It's, that's kind of the council cleanup uh, as to hard rubbish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? We'll go with the one that doesn't make as much sense, but is heaps more catchy. Yeah. And kind of is like a parody <laughs> yeah. of the original. So so they get handed rosary beads at the end of an episode. Oh, I hope I get a rosary. Mm. And you can hand them ones earlier if you've had a really good time with them. He so takes them on like it wouldn't be oh, because so, he takes no he takes them on like moral kind of conundrums or quandaries. Yeah, right. Like all based around like the deadly sins or the like the Ten Commandments or something like that. What would it be? And they're all different scenarios where they like they have to like show that shall not. Steal. Or maybe they're you know what 
Well, that's it. Aren't they problems that people would go to their priests for? I guess because that's the the role. Oh, you got to be able to counsel people. Yeah, right. right. So, so they're going to be well, various. Would, no, it would be all different kind of things. It would oh. be one round would be taking confession. One round would be uh, wedding, holy communion, wedding, communion. Uh, marriage counseling. Oh yeah, um, praying. How well you pray? Oh yeah. Can you pray the shit out of it? Right. You can see how hard you can pray. Incense. Sure. Incense choosing. <laughs> Showing your limitations, uh, your knowledge about the church. Big, we... big hat shopping. Yeah. And molesting children. No, no, no. Shit, sorry, no, no, no. We're trying not to do that. That's Oh, that's a oh, challenge. Yes. We get heaps of really hot children. <laughs> I mean, I was really impressed by Betsy. We were around those hot children for like six hours. And hey, she didn't molest one. Not one. I, look, I gave her a rosary straight away. <laughs> I think she's going to be great. <laughs> the popular. The popular. <laughs> um, yeah, that church that got burnt down was the one that I went to as a kid. The one, I don't I think I've I told this, I must, I must have told the story about there's a priest in my parish who was a pedophile and he had a go at me one day because uh, I'd left to go to another school yes. and blah, blah, blah. Um, but that guy, I actually... When that church burnt down and they sort of wrote up the history, I hadn't actually realised how fucked up that priest was. Like, oh, was, did you find out? Like, oh yeah, there was new <clears throat> stuff, and it's fairly harrowing. Like, one of his victims was a heroin addict, and he gave him money to buy heroin while he was molesting him. <sighs> like, that's kind of indefensible. He never served a day in jail. He went back to England, and I don't know somehow didn't have to answer for... That's what we do. Because they oh, said their criminals sorry, here. We send our criminals back the to The punchline at the end is that kid ended up killing himself too. So, uh, yeah. I mean, did you see... Uh, uh, but I, I can understand why you don't want to investigate too hard. I mean, if you're George Pell, it's like, yeah, you know what? We'll just... Uh, no, well, because you know what you're going to find. Oh, my God. That's, there's bodies buried That's why they don't want to... I mean, that... Uh, Jeffrey Robertson, you know, the... The lawyer, hypotheticals guy. Yeah, did that. Um, I wish I could remember what the name of the movie was, but it was about the uh, kids at the deaf. Uh, uh, have you do yeah. know this? Uh. And it's uh, Silence in the House of God yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And it's an amazing film. Like that, it's based on his book. But it's essentially about these priests who were molesting, uh, um, you know, these deaf kids. And the worst thing about that was, well, I mean, so much of it was worse. But the reason they got away with it for so long was they were the only people who could translate because the parents didn't know how to oh communicate with God. the kids. So had, they had this movie. like perfect fucking racket where the oh, kids could never fucking complain. God. And the thing that they allege in that, and it's interesting in the timing of the church, and if you look at what's happening to the Catholic Church, is that Pope Benedict, the previous Pope, was the person kind of who knew about that. He wasn't the guy doing it, but no, he no. was the guy who knew about and the, was trying to and was trying to kind of it. sweep it all under the rug. And that kind of was at the time where they then he suddenly was like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to be Pope anymore. Yeah. You know how like people normally are pope until they die because God chose yeah. you to be pope. Yeah. I'm sick of being pope. It's a bit like the. I'm the, just gonna uh, be. I'm just gonna be over here not being pope anymore. Like there's the prime for minister, no real the, explainable reason. The prime reason. minister of Greece or the president of Greece has just stepped down. He's just yeah. like he's been in the job since January. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? You know like, what? Uh, for no reason, all those things that I'm sure will ever come out. I came up on a, <laughs> I came up on a platform of like I'll stand up against the EU and stuff, and now it's like, oh, you know, guys, like I told oh, him God. it was a bad idea and stuff, but Man. anyway, see you later. And then we're have a work out for Good luck with the monsters. <laughs> like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, so yeah, like, and they did a pretty good job of basically just going, we've got to get rid of this guy and mm. then we've got to bring in this new guy. Who, by the way, I think, you know, with, within limitations and, you know, a yeah. whole bunch of things that you could argue, is moving the church in a more progressive direction and yeah. clearly is making big steps in a lot of areas that the Catholic Church well, previously think, wasn't. Think about, if you were like an 18-year-old guy and you wanted to be a priest or go into the priesthood, think about, you are going into that knowing full well that 70% of the people who meet you are going to joke about you being a pedophile right. or at least think about, is this guy one of those pedophiles? Like, it has become so bad that when you say priest, pedophile is the next thing that comes out of most people's mouths. Right. Well, at least it's not the priest cock that's coming out of their mouth, right? If you know <laughs> what I'm saying, girls, come on! <laughs> 
but it is it is bizarre like how bad their public image is and that you wouldn't just rush to address that that's the weird thing whenever those like whenever there's those stories where there is a victim you know like the bill cosby or thing or the, the fact that the fact that the people don't rush to address what's been alleged you know that there's a dragging of the feet because if you are innocent then it's fine then it'll be cleared up but these are serious allegations and if this is true then this person needs to know that they're supported you know what i mean and that's the thing the catholic church thing is just like how ignorant or blind can you be to what you need to do or your moral obligation like is it i get confused if it's an ethical thing or a lawyer thing because i can understand if there's lawyers saying guys like if you say yes to this then you're saying yes to a floodgate and you don't have enough money in the vatican to pay for it but if that's the case then that's going against everything jesus taught you know oh, i mean the money lenders like he smashed they smashed the they smashed their, their stalls when they were in the house of worship. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, when he was busy not saying anything about gay people. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? When he was smashing the money lenders yeah. out of the church as he said nothing ever about gay people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fucked up. And look, you know, it is one of those things, like, I wonder it with, like, you know, I look at a business like Ashley Madison, right? Like, Ashley Madison, that, uh, you know, the affair website, right? And No, I never heard of it. Well, I mean, like, this is one of those areas where at least I'm comfortable for us to bring it up because neither of us are married. <laughs> so it's not like either of us like having some, like, website affair thing or whatever. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, however, the robot Charlie <laughs> that I've been podcasting with with years so that he could go on Ashley Madison and have affairs. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Wonderful anecdote, Will. How about those bulldogs? Great game by those bulldogs on the weekend. Ha ha, Will, you are so funny. Please tell me more about the Dark Knight. What are your fan theories? love that I not only have a robot you, but I've just programmed it with the only things that I want to hear from you. Steve Waugh was a great batsman. I would drink his tea too. You know, Will, uh, maybe a courtroom artist isn't a good idea <laughs> and we should not spend all that money on stupid <laughs> That guy sounds like an idiot. <laughs> um, so Ashley Madison is the, you know, the cheetah's website. It's, very, it's been in the news because obviously there was a massive hacking of it. Yeah. And... Uh, one of the more interesting things was that even after like all the addresses and stuff came out, their numbers kept going up on people who have joined the site oh, really? like for a little while, which is just that one of those bizarre things about brand recognition yeah. and things you know, getting out there. Uh, <laughs> this is so weird. But the two core principles of a cheating website, I would think, would be A, discretion, like, you know, that's the whole point of it. And B, that they sold the idea that there were an equal amount of women and men on this. But what has been revealed from these men. emails being linked is it's like, it's mostly men. Who would have thunk it? And like a lot of the women who are there are imaginary. Oh, really? Yeah. To that's the, fantastic. Yeah, to the point where there's like even things <laughs> like, oh, God, man, it's so sad. Right, there's things like professional, like they hire people even, like professional daters, essentially. So what happens is, like they're pretending, essentially, they're hired by the company. I guess like, I guess, like girls who are in promo or whatever mm. or trying to like pay their fucking uni bills or whatever. But what happens is, so you meet them on the website, they have these fake profiles, and then you go out and have a lunch with them and then they just write back to you that there wasn't any chemistry, but that basically, you know, for them, for their guarantee of you'll meet someone in the, you know, first month or whatever, that's wow. enough, you know, that sort of thing. But then a lot of them are just bots and spam and stuff like that. So I wonder if your two core principles of a business are, you know, essentially this is like, you know, an affair website, right? Yeah. So you want it to be discreet yeah. and you want to know there are people who can have affairs. And it comes out in the public domain that neither of those two things are like possible from this website, right? Yeah. What happens to that business? Is that business over forever? Or do people, is there a possible way for them to rebuild that business? Would you ever? Like, I mean, obviously you wouldn't because of your situation or whatever, but just in a hypothetical situation. If I was single, would I use Ashley Madison? Well, no, because you've got to be, if you're in a long oh, relationship right. where the sex is dead oh, and right. like, you know, and um, I, now, yes. I don't mean in general, 
I mean, you were the sort of person previously who would have used Ashley Madison, but now it's come out that there's not that many women on there, plus there's no security yeah. around the fact that people might find out you're on it. Would you ever go on that website? No. No. Right? So what I'm saying, Charlie, is there is a great opportunity now for you and I to start a rival cheating website that does have good security yeah. and does have an equal amount of men and women because you... there's 39 million people out there who signed up to this thing who want that and they're not on Ashley Madison There's got to be another Ashley Madison type site. Mate, right? it's time for a fucking challenger brand. This is our moment. I think Tinder is undercut Ashley Madison. Tinder's made it so easy. Ashley Madison, even the name of it sounds like, an Ash- like a Mills and Boone fucking novel. Based on the two most popular female names, that's how we came up with it. Oh, really? In America or whatever it was at the time. Yeah, but yeah. in America. Ca- Canada. America. I think he's ca- ca- Canadian, actually. Um, Noel Biederman. Tinder. Tinder has to... But Tinder. Tinder's for the singles. This is for the married people who want to yeah, be discreet. We have with... to come up with a cheating website. He's, I you don't... and I. He's a Come up with it. We can make billions. If this I... could be our moment. In the movie, when people are playing us, this will be... It'll be... They will have recreated... You're Jesse Eisenberg and yeah. I'm Andrew Garfield. Right. I can't believe they've got guys that young to play us, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, but this is it. This is the moment that we come up with our cheating website. But we'd have to do it right now and have the patent ready to go and stuff because knowing how how long... It's taken us almost a year to print a hundred copies of a fucking transcription of a live show we did. Yeah, but I feel like we've learnt from that and we're ready to jump forward. <laughs> Just starting yeah. a rival brand to Ashley Madison. Look out, Silicon Valley. Here come the two biggest fucking idiots. Mate, this is how it starts. This is how it starts. I Look, I agree. I see a point. It just starts with an idea. We know some people. You talk to fucking uh, Jules Lund on your podcast about oh, startups yeah, you know and shit. Jules Lund would be a great person. And he knows to. fucking Sam Cavada. Cavana. Like, as yeah. he calls him. Yeah. Like, and he knows some people. He knows Hamish and Andy. Yeah, right. We can get them involved. In a cheating website, Yeah. We could call it uh, Hamish and Mandy. Oh, that's what we call it. Yeah, the two most popular right. female names in Australia. We trade in on that brand, though, because everyone loves Hamish and Andy. We call this Hamish and Mandy, and we give it a bit more of a fun new face, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, Hamish is married now. Andy isn't. So we yeah, hear both sides of it. We're getting both. We get some, and married people. We get some integration, right? Because yeah. here's the thing. Hamish Blake, he's so charming and he writes for all those like women's magazines and stuff. So he's in touch with that audience. And he's like, well, I'd never cheat on my wife. But I have heard from friends of mine who've used this service that, you know, it's actually, you know, freshened up their relationship. Suddenly people are like, well, if Hamish thinks it's okay, yeah, then it's okay, right? So what's Andy doing in this advert? Just like, I mean, supporting Hamish. Oh, oh, no, he's dressed up as Mandy. That's, oh, so he's cross-dressing. Hamish right. and Mandy. That's yeah. like he plays Mandy in all the yeah, commercials. Right. We have to pay him. I but... can see him like in kind of like a share type outfit from like Turn Back Time. That's exactly how I imagined it. <laughs> On a cannon. Like a perm wig, <laughs> right. gaffer tape bikini. And they would love that. That's jacket. right up their fucking alley. Yeah. And you know what? If they don't go for it, we'll take it to the Vatican and we'll pitch it to them. <laughs> Because if I could turn back time, <laughs> right. is an appropriate slogan for the for institu- an institution the that Church. has sanctioned if the rape of time. children for at least, must be centuries, right? But if it, I could turn... Well, you know what? There's a guy, your boss can turn back time. Right. And doesn't. So what's up with that? Yeah. This meeting's not going well. <laughs> Take your feet off our desk. <laughs> who are you guys? <laughs> we don't even know who Hamish and Andy are. <laughs> We're like, what? He's like, kidding. Of course we don't know who we said here. They are delightful. <laughs> Should we uh, put a pin in it? What, what time is it? Oh, are you ready? Are you done? Well, no, we're doing, doing, we can do, I can do another E. Oh, okay. So, well, we, well we've done 52 minutes. And right. I feel like we need to do an hour. I don't feel okay. like we need to do anything. All right. right. Like, it kind of feels like an hour feels like, you know, a good offer, right? Well, so, well why don't you start getting your plugs in and then we can, I'll, we'll, oh, I'll think of nice. something. Nice, weave in it in, integration. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, uh, Perth, uh, October the 9th and the 10th, last two nights of the Free Will Tour. Uh, I have been announced as part of a gala lineup uh, for the Just for Laughs Gala at the uh, Sydney Opera House. I will be doing that alongside Dave Hughes, Celia Pacorla, Stephen K. Amos, Danny Boy, Al Murray, the pub landlord, and I am 
forgetting someone, but it's a pretty uh, star-studded uh, lineup. So uh, if you want to come and check that out, it'd be cool. And I am doing my political will shows in uh, Sydney, Australia at Giant Dwarf, which is the Chasers Theatre. And uh, they are more than half sold out already. It's not until the end, of, uh, not until uh, the first couple of weeks of November, but uh, tickets will not be on sale up until that point. I reckon they'll go in the next sort of week, week and a half. So oh, I like it. It's not quite a hard sell, not quite a soft sell. It's kind of like you're the you're the dad from Friday Night Lights, you know, you know the coach, Coach Taylor. Yeah, you're kind of dependable. I feel like you mean it when you say, "Don't take too long the tickets. We're already half sold out." But there's a kindness, there's a welcoming saying, you'll get your ticket, just don't wait too long. Don't disappoint me, son, is what you're saying to the audience. Clear eyes, credit card details, <laughs> can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should totally be your slogan. <laughs> and the clear eyes is because I imagine you're stoned. Yeah. So get, get your clear eyes. And you're going to go details. Yeah, you can't, can't lose. lose. Get right a good show. Can't, can't lose. Can't lose. <laughs> Brought to you by Clear Eyes, trademark. <laughs> and Friday Night Lights, catch it on Netflix. I, I've, I've actually been trying to get into it because you and so many other people have been raving about it. But I, I find it dated already. No. Because I'm starting at Series 1. Yeah. And that's it's, a good place it's to all start. that shaky cam stuff and it's like oh this is dated filmmaking like ah. there's other techniques nah. i do like coach taylor though yeah no the show's i want to i want him to like be my dad <laughs> like that's pretty much i i said to justin because justin's just watched it now too but i said to him because i was watching it at the time when it was on i'd like to say that because there's series? a lot of people who've got back on five oh. it gets a little muddy around three and four there's one particular storyline that i won't get into but like you'll yeah. know it when you see it um but it He's one of those shows that I say constantly. If you like the West Wing, the West Wing got its swing back. Like some shows, once they're done, they never get back. But the West Wing had like a, a, a one really patchy series in the middle, and like really got it back. And uh, Friday Night Lights, the last episode of Friday Night Lights for me is like up there with the last episode of like you know Six Feet Under and Breaking Bad and all those ones that really fucking nailed it. It's yeah. just okay, really fucking great and worth it. Like I said, so but. I said to Justin, I said, I had a really good relationship with my father and like, you know, he's still alive uh, and it gave me father issues. I said, if you actually have any father issues, <laughs> just be in a good place when yeah, you sit yeah, down right. and watch this because, yeah, he's the best. He's got dependable face. He's got dependable that face. face. Dependable face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit like, uh, it's another actor who has that. Like Tom Hanks has dependable face. So true. You know he's what I mean? He's got dependable face. It's like you trust him. Guys, let's get Hanks. His dependable face ratings are off the charts. <laughs> you like an It's act- like something that Champion Data would do if they did movies. Yes, they'd be the one percenter of acting. Yeah, that'd be great. Having if, a dependable th- face. Would you like that? It'd be like if you go to a movie breakdown like a Champion Data and like Sandler was great in this movie, got like away 18 yeah. solid laughs, five setups. That's a good game from Sandler. You know what? He's been in the in the past he's been poor on setups. He's been really good on punchlines. Uh, but he's really, like his setups work, and I've got to be honest with you, he's really tightened up the rambling stories. He's not relying on voices so much. He's playing a bigger team game. He's bringing Rock into it. He's bringing Kevin James into it. Rob Schneider's on the bench. You know what? He's not relying on Schneider like he used to. They used to be so Schneider focused, but it's a real team effort these days. Yeah, I do remember um, when I was a junior footballer, uh, we had a, a coach come in for one week while our coach went away, and. Uh, I, substitute coach. Substitute coach. And I sneaked a look at the old, our, our regular coach had written down like next to each player's name, like just a brief description. So the new coach knew what kind of player you were. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my description was old fashioned, but effective. <laughs> a condom is old fashioned, but effective. No, no, no. A sheep's intestine used <laughs> as a condom is old fashioned, but effective. <laughs> I'm a sheep's. I'm a sheep's intestines. A sheep. A sheep ah, intestine condom. Man, that is what? What was it? Old fashioned, but effective. Old fashioned, but effective. I was a halfback flanker. I know what he means. Yeah. I'm, I was a dour 
defender. Right, but but reliable. reliable. Someone that you knew what you could expect 100, from. 100, you got what you... like. If, you I, know if what? I played 150 games, right. that would be a good career. Great career. 150. Played more than people thought he would. But yeah. you know what? He was reliable. Yeah. Never going to be best on ground Liam necessarily, Pickin. but Liam Picken. Liam Picken. Yeah. Big shout out to Liam if you're listening though. Yep. Uh, Having sheep, a great season. Sheep's intestine condom. <laughs> He is one of those guys, though, Liam Pickett, who, like, I was actually talking about this in the office the other day with another guy who's a Bulldogs fan. He's one of those guys who's having a season almost beyond what I thought Liam Pickham was Your capable of. Your whole fucking of. team is. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is really true. It's, I was actually going to, the other night, um, we were texting each other while the game was on, and at that stage, you guys were neck and neck with the Eagles. Like, it was a great game, just, like, really fast and skillful. And then they out. smashed us in the last quarter. Yeah. But. but before we got to that smashing, I was like, your team is, I was going to text you and say, your team's like the Mighty Ducks. Like the ragtag bunch of kids come from nowhere. It's fucking crazy. And you're in the, playing with the big boys now. Luke Beveridge actually became our coach because he had a drink driving charge <laughs> and he was sentenced to be the coach of the Bulldogs, the ragtag team little, from the Mighty West. Little known fact that uh, Luke Beveridge's uh, surname is actually Estevez. Right. <laughs> He's actually Luke Beveridge Estevez. Is that uh, we yeah. time? Oh, I mean, look. Oh, I mean, look. How can we go past? Oh no! Did you watch Daredevil, the Netflix series? Yes. You know that um, Foggy from Daredevil is was in the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that's right. He was, he was one the of the Mighty kid. Ducks. Yeah, he's the big. Yeah, the big tough kid. Yeah, like he was one of the Bash brothers. And it wasn't fucking um, Pacey. No. Yeah, Pacey. Yeah. <laughs> Pacey, definitely. Why, Mighty Ducks. Why are we talking about the Mighty Ducks? Oh, Why are we not talking about the Mighty Ducks? Well, we've got another episode coming up, so maybe we'll get into some Mighty I Ducks. I love talk. talking about the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> you know, when I was in Minneapolis, I went and visited all the places they shot the Mighty Ducks. I don't think I want to have this conversation. I'm pitching a movie to Christopher Nolan, The Ducks Night Rises. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>